This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. My name is Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest Control as well as Triangle Lawn Care, as well as the CEO of Colmarch, a digital marketing firm specializing in pest and lawn. And with me, as always, is the highly esteemed expert accountant, M&A basketball player, uh, hockey player. Should I keep going? Uh, Mr. Dan Gordon, ladies and gentlemen. Dan, would you please say hello? Thanks, Donnie. If anybody's ever seen how tall I am, you would know my interest in basketball is <laughs> anyway uh glad to be here it's uh, dan gordon uh pco bookkeepers fractionalized cfo services pco mna specialists uh, exit planning uh specialists and um uh, today we're uh, talking about finding great people to help your company grow um, you know and uh, as always if you like what you hear please rate us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or however you consume your podcasts. And Donnie, why don't you introduce our guest? Yes, today, normally Dan introduced our guest, but today we have a very special guest. Um, so Sarah, if, if any of you know, um, or if you've ever been to CO2, uh, we have Sarah with us from Triangle Home Services, and she is our Director of Cultural Development for Triangle Home Services. She's also been with us since 2019. And Sarah does a lot. She wears a lot of hats. Um, it, it took us a little while to make it higher in, in HR and people. And, you know, my only regret, my, my only real regret is that I, I should have done it a lot sooner. Um, she has been a fantastic addition to our team and she has been killing it. And she has made things way easier in terms of us being able to grow Um and uh, in, in terms of you know getting the right people on the bus and so she handles everything from recruiting hiring onboarding as well as our benefits uh, most of our hr well almost all of our hr stuff but the big one that i really appreciate is what she does with our culture she also wears the hat of doing event planning for us and a bunch of other things but um you know for for me um sarah has been what i would consider to be one of the most critical hires we've ever made at Triangle, and I thought it'd be a, a, a great idea just to bring her on and talk a little bit about, you know, this. I mean, I, I'm sure you hear this as well, Dan, but, you know, everyone is struggling with finding great people. It's almost like it's, there's an impossible labor market right now. And we're not immune to that at Triangle. And, and Sarah has completely transformed this for us. And, and so I thought it'd be great to bring her on. So, Sarah, would you like to say hello? And I, we've got a few more things I want to chat about before we get into the questions. Yes, it's um, great to be here. Thank you to Donnie and Dan for having me and looking forward to answering any questions you guys have. Excellent. Awesome. Hey, before Donnie, before, uh, uh, I, I think by the end of this episode, people are going to say, I need to hire a Sarah. And so I just wanted to ask you a little bit about your background. Where did you work before this? Uh, did you go to school for, for HR? What, what, uh, tell me a little bit about your background. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually started out my career as a teacher. I went to school to be a math, seventh grade math teacher and did that for about a year. And I did, I loved it, uh, but didn't see that as my long-term career. And then took a position with Nationwide Insurance. I was there for about 
eight years, did a couple different things related to admin work, uh, event planning, which kind of leads into a lot of what I do at Triangle as far as the culture and doing events there, and then did underwriting for quite a bit. And, and during the time at Nationwide, I realized that you know I wanted, because I didn't have a background in business, I wanted to go back to school and I got my master's, got my MBA. And through that process, I loved my human resources course. It just spoke to me. It was my personality. It, I just knew that that was what I wanted to do. And then the opportunity came along at Triangle. They were looking for someone and they took a chance on me. And so it was really my first official human resources position where I did get some of that experience at at Nationwide, I was involved in a lot of recruiting events and stuff like that, but not all of it, all the HR stuff. So, like I said, Triangle gave me that opportunity, and it's, it's been a great three years almost now. Excellent. Excellent. The, the other thing I was going to say, too, is um, for those that attended CO2 in 2019, Sarah did a fantastic presentation. We'll see if we can't get that presentation linked up on the show notes site because I thought it was outstanding. Um, here I am, owner of Triangle Home Services, and she gave the presentation. I'm like, wow, we actually do. <laughs> was, I learned something, <laughs> so, which is kind of sad well, to say. I, I think Dottie's culture and the culture of the rest of the world are, are definitely not the same, so you needed to bring somebody more normal. Yeah, I need to bring someone. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. So, well, let's get into this topic because it's it's obviously one that's very timely, one that I, I, I feel like everyone has struggles in this area. And I just wanted to start this conversation with something that Dan and I spoke about in our quarterly wrap up. And, and it has to do with the labor market in general. And I'm going to put these links up on the show notes page for you to look at it um, if you want to, you know, later on learn, learn a little bit more. But, you know, we've had several theories as to why the labor market is so tight. Everything from COVID to unemployment benefits to, you know, supply chain, I mean, you, you name it. And there's a few articles and there's a guy that I follow. His name's Bill Connerly um, on Forbes. He writes for Forbes. He's a senior editor there. And, you know, he talks about labor and people and those types of things. And, you know, at the end of this one article, he, he basically says it's not an issue of any of those things. It's an issue of supply and demand. You know, the, the market is going so fast right now and there are shortages both in labor and the reason for that is that there's actually less people coming into the workplace than, than you know, and a lot more going out. And there's another um, article I'm going to link as well. And it's called the scariest chart for business. And basically what the chart shows is that we have not seen a drop off of available employees this steep since the Civil War. And so, you know, what we're talking about here <clears throat> is not a pinch. You know, this is not a COVID thing, although I think it certainly had an impact. I'm not making light of that, but I think this is going to be the new reality. And this is, by the way, we're in Donnie's opinion right now. I don't think this labor issue is going to go away. And I think we as an industry are going to have to adapt in terms of efficiency. And we're going to have to adapt in terms of making sure that we show well as an industry, because we're going to have less available people to pull into the industry and, and there's never been a higher, you know, competitive landscape to, you know, to get folks because everyone's struggling with this. And so I want to open with that. Dan, I mean, what are you seeing in terms of this issue? 
Yeah, I mean, it, everyone you speak to, this is the number one problem. One thing that I think, though, is that we have short short memories because this has always been a problem since I've been in the industry, albeit it's worse now than, than really it's ever been. But, you know, it's interesting. I remember like in 2006 and 2007, same problem. And then, you know, you, you uh, go into the recession. And even in that recession, which was a terrible recession, it was still hard to get people. Um, you know, it just um, it's just really difficult to get good people to do what you want to uh, come into your company to to abide by the, the rules, regulations and to fit into the culture. It's always been a problem. But in, in particular now, it's um, now you've got this wage inflation thing. So um, not only are you not getting the right people, but you're paying them more. You know? So that's what yeah. we're and I mean, you know, it's funny, you, you talk about 2009 and the, the big recession that happened with housing. You know, it's funny, as I was just thinking, as you were talking, I made a lot of great hires. We got a lot of good construction folks at a construction management. I was able to hire my CEO, my COO, as well as my uh, CAO. So out of that, and not all of them came from construction, but two of them did, actually. So, um, so we'll see. So what I'm thinking we can do to kind of to, to go through this discussion is let's talk through kind of the major parts of, you know, how do we get the right folks in? And I thought we would break it out by attraction and then screening, maybe hiring and onboarding retention. And then let's wrap up with culture. And so Sarah, I want to start with just kind of a basic question. Let's get into attraction first. And, you know, in this case, attracting the right people to your business, the people that you're looking for. When you think about who we're looking for at Triangle, who are we looking for in general and why are we looking for those types of folks? So let's just start with that. So, you know, you're always looking for people who are hardworking and who are going to come to work every day, reliable. Uh, but what we decided to do as a leadership team is really sit down and define what are what is our ideal team member and we wanted that to align with our core values and so when we are looking at people looking at their resumes interviewing them we're asking questions that are fitting into those things so for us our ideal team member is someone who is humble smart so you know kind of um, able to work with others um, and then they're kind uh, that, they, you know, they're going to be interacting with your customers. So you want them to be, um, you know, kind to the customers and then someone who's um, motivated. So someone you don't have to constantly be pushing. They're going to do everything on their own. They're going to constantly be asking for more. And so those are really the characteristics that we're looking for when we are trying to hire for different positions at our company. Geez, I wonder if, if Donnie came for a job, if, if he'd fit in the box and you'd be able to hire him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that as a compliment, sir, just for the record. And, you know, and, and Sarah's, I mean, she's dead on, right? We we, we actually went through and, and sat down and thought through the values that we're looking for. And, and it, you know, at Triangle, we have this thing called RISE, you know, it's respect, integrity, service, and excellence. And, you know, that is one piece. And, and I think it's really important. I mean, what she's hitting on here is a really important point, which is, you know, first things first is to figure out your values and and kind of who you are. And then after that, go to market and try to find people who who match up with that, because any I don't care how much of a rock star someone is, if they don't, you know, if they don't have this servant mentality, they don't have you know, this idea of trying for excellence. They're not going to work out long term. So such such an excellent point. So, Dan, you want to ask the next question? 
Yeah, sure. Um, so what do you think the biggest impediment to growth is right now and to bringing in good people? Um, I think one thing that I've seen, you know, we've used Indeed for a really long time as far as you put in a sponsored ad, you hope for the best, hope you get enough applicants. And what I've found over really most of 2021 is that that just isn't working the same. It's I'm, I know you guys have talked about leads and, and PPC and how that doesn't, you know, get you the sales and, and the leads that you need. It's the same thing with applicants. You know, I'm, I'm putting the same budget I was two years ago. And I'll give you an example. October of 2019, I had about 350 applicants for the budget that I had set. I set that exact same budget in October of this year. I had 60. 300 less applicants. And so what I'm finding is that the things that have worked before aren't working anymore. And one thing that we've done is, and we've always had this in place, but it has worked this year, is a retention bonus, or excuse me, a referral bonus. And so we've encouraged our team members that we have, you know, talk with your friends, you know, do they, they want to come tell them about how great Triangle is, tell them about all of our benefits, the opportunity. And this year alone, we've hired eight people from referrals, six of those being friends, and then two of them being from referral cards, which I actually learned from another podcast of um, listening to you guys talk with um, Gene Seawright. And we started doing the referral cards and we've hired two people from that, just our team members out in the field, running into people, whether they were grocery shopping or at the gas station, and they handed out these cards and it turned into new hires. So that's really worked for us. Um, I've used other things within Indeed that have gotten us a few um, hires this year as far as they, you know, they used to have it, they don't have any more. It was called Indeed Hire where they would actually do a lot of the proactive hiring for you and bring you candidates. Um, so there's other opportunities there as well, but really what's worked best for us this year has been referrals. Can you ex uh, expand on the referral cards? You, you, you hand them out at the market, do you uh, give them to customers? How, how does that work? How do you, from beginning to end? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's like a business card, the same size of a business card. It has our core values on there. It has our website. And we have talked with our team members, you know, have a conversation. If you're having a conversation with someone, you know, sometimes you're at a pest stop and there may be an electrician at that person's home. And you're like, hey, are you enjoying your job? Have you thought about, you know, joining a pest control company or a lawn care company and just having that conversation. And then there's a spot on the card for our team member to put their name. And so if that person decides to apply, they can say, I spoke to Sarah, I'll see it on the application. And then we treat it just like we would a referral bonus. So any team member who has someone hired through that process gets a bonus um, for the effort of, you know, having that conversation while they're out and about. <laughs> Can you talk through that bonus? I mean, because I know this is going to be a question that's going to come up, and and, and certainly yeah, <laughs> it's going to be asked. So, so can you just talk through how that bonus works? Absolutely. So, our bonus is a thousand dollar bonus that we break up into three different payout periods. So, if a person is hired, then day one, that um, referral person gets a two hundred fifty dollar bonus. If the person stays six months, they get 500. And if they stay for a full year, they get an additional 250. And does the person that comes in, I mean, because this is, and this is kind of a different gear shift here, but I know that we've done this in the past. Um, 
does a referral, like do they get a signing bonus as well? Or is it just on the side of the employee that gets the bonus? It is just on the side of the employee that gets the bonus. Um, now we have done hiring bonuses, but that was for different reasons this year. That is another thing that we tried that actually did work. Uh, we were really struggling in our lawn care department finding people. And everywhere you you drove or you know saw on job boards, people were offering hiring bonuses. And so we we did decide to do that um, in our lawn care. And, and when we did that, we ended up getting three people right off the bat uh, who have been great. And because of that, we also wanted to, you know, look at the people who have been here and have been kind of working through the, the long days and, and, and pulling the weight of those three people that we needed to hire and ended up giving them a retention bonus. And both of those, the, the hiring bonus and the retention bonus are still split up. So it's not you come in day one, you get two grand. It's, you know, you come in after your 90 days, you get a fourth of that and we pay it out over the year. So they still have to stay for a while, but it did bring in and attract uh, is more that, people. Is that the number two grand on the... Um uh, hiring bonus? We did uh, 2,500. So they'll get 625 every 90 days that they stay up to a year. By the way, I, I know that folks listen to this podcast that Triangle is the only company struggling getting lawn techs. So that probably most folks probably bored on that last statement there. But so let's switch, yeah, switch gears here real quick. That's so, why I asked the amount. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So Let's say I am, you know, I'm Donnie Shelton and I'm and I'm just not getting enough people here to the door. Like we need to hire, we need to grow. We're struggling getting folks even to apply. And, and I know we've experienced this and you just talked about it with offering, you know, signing bonuses. Are there other things that that you that you are aware of that can get people to the door, at least get you the opportunity to explain what it's like to work at the business? Yeah, this is something that we've definitely been struggling with is really trying to think outside the box because what we have been doing has not been working this year. I will say I did see kind of a turn last month, so the month of November. Um, up until then, I was averaging between 50 and 60 applicants a month. In November, we had 120. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I don't know if stimulus checks are finally run out and people are trying to look for jobs now. but. I've really seen a change, and even this month so far, we've we've seen a lot more people applying using our normal platforms. But one thing that we haven't done before that we actually are doing next week for the first time is attending a job fair. Um, so I guess I'll have to come back on and tell you how that works. But oh, yeah. um, we're excited. <laughs> we're excited to see you know if that avenue is a, a new way of trying to get in front of people. And it's a virtual job fair, so it hopefully will have a lot more people attend. I think the effort of having to go somewhere and walk around is probably intimidating for the applicant. So having it being a virtual, I'm hoping we'll get more people. And so I'm excited to see how that will work out for us. Um, but that's one thing that we're looking at. Looking at next year, we've, we've talked about finding ways to partner with high schools. You know, not everyone wants to go to college when they're done with high school. So you know, can we be a pipeline for people coming out of high school looking for just that next step that, you know, a com company they can join that has great benefits, has full, can offer full time hours, as well as looking at colleges, whether it's community colleges, universities. Um, and then we are so close with our Raleigh branch, so close to Fort Bragg, people getting out of the military and utilizing mm -hmm. 
who are looking for that next step in life after they've you know served our country. So those have those have been the focuses that we're looking at for next year of, of finding those pipelines of people coming coming to our door. So so of those hundred or so applicants that you get, is there uh, is it evenly distributed between office and technician? What I'm hearing, office sales and technician, what I'm hearing is that the technician, that's the really difficult one. Getting office people, eh, it's hard, but not with the technicians. Are, are you seeing the same? That's yeah, that's always been the same for us. I, based on how much, you know money we're putting towards our job ads kind of helps which area. So for instance, we're, we're right now fully staffed, knock on wood in our office. So I haven't really been focused on hiring that position in a couple months. So we haven't been getting as many applicants there, but typically I can put a lower budget and get a lot more for any office postings than the technician positions. So I have a question uh, and we got to move on from attraction, but just is maybe the final question in this area and that is so indeed is kind of you know obviously the pricing's going up and i know that we use that platform at triangle are there any other platforms that you're finding that are working quite well or is it like yeah you know really our strategy is indeed and employee referrals which by the way i i have to say this you know the funny thing is is that jess i hired him he brought in bernard who was friends with sarah and so, you know, a lot of folks that we have have come through friends. I think it's absolutely in terms of getting the right people. I think it's probably the best way of doing that. But any other platforms that you were aware of uh, beyond Indeed that folks could look at if they're if they're struggling to get folks to the door? Yeah, well, the good thing with Indeed, even if the pricing is going up, uh, they do now own ZipRecruiter. So your things are getting posted there as well. Um, I have looked into other ones like LinkedIn. They are even more expensive um, and wasn't really sure if the return on investment would be worth it. But I did look into that, just not something that I think for us and, and maybe our industry is really the best um, platform to use. That's why I'm excited to see how this job fair opportunity, you know, what it brings for us and and the good thing about too, the job fairs is you can find them in just about any location. So this one in particular is in our, our Raleigh area. We also have the branch in Charlotte. So we'll be able to do them out there as well. Um, but yeah, I've really found that indeed for the for the price is probably the best, at least for us right now. Gotcha. So we've been using in the, in the accounting firm ZipRecruiter for years. I didn't realize that indeed bought them. Can you go any other way? Uh, uh, as a ZipRecruiter client, and because Indeed is significantly more money than ZipRecruiter. So. I'm not 100% sure. I, this the last conversation I had with my contact at Indeed. He mentioned that any posting I put on Indeed is going to ZipRecruiter. Now it's not getting the same budget for what I'm putting in Indeed, but it is going. So I I, I would assume maybe the other way around. If you're posting something on ZipRecruiter, it's also flooding to to indeed it's a great question though well let's let's switch gears now now that we've kind of gotten through attraction and some ideas and thoughts on how you can get more folks to the door now let's talk about okay now we've got someone <clears throat> we've got someone you know who's applied and can you just talk us through your just general process and you can keep it high level like how do you determine okay this is someone we need to talk to or this is someone we need to ignore. And I realize there's a lot of, this is just as much of an art as it is a science. 
and which by the way, I suck at this. I'm not very good at it, but can you just talk through like what you do, like what your process is and then like maybe any tools you, you use to help you make that decision? So when someone applies to Triangle, they are required to upload their resume and answer for most positions is about four questions. And just in reviewing those questions and reviewing the resume, one of the first things I look at is just effort. I know that sounds crazy, but you'll be surprised how many people will just put like one, 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 just to get through the questions. And obviously if they're not taking the time to fill out those questions, they're probably not someone that you want on your team. They're not gonna be a hard worker. They're gonna be someone you're gonna have to push. So that's usually a huge red flag there. So I'm looking for someone who actually took the time to read the questions, provide you know an answer that they thought through. And one of the cool things when I'm looking at that questionnaire is are they, referencing our website or something about our company, which also shows that they took the time to do some research and, and see what our company is about. And so usually at that point, if, if, I, if they answer the questions and, and like I said, show effort, I'm, I'm gonna take them to the next step because you know, you've already caught my attention there. The next step for us is the full application. And we, that's where we just ask a little bit more detailed questions about you know, why you wanna work here, what type of work do you enjoy, gives them an opportunity to talk a little bit more about their previous experience. And so I can see how that would align to the position that they're hiring for. Um, and then we do a phone interview. We do an in-person interview or now video interview since COVID. And depending on how the first one goes, we may do a second video interview. And the last two steps in the process, we do a background check as well as a personality assessment. And that personality assessment is kind of the last thing that we do to, to see based on what they've put in their application, how they interviewed, does it align with what comes out on that personality assessment? And some of the things that we're looking for on the personality assessment are um, one of the questions relates to independence. And so we want someone that, you know, isn't gonna have to call their manager before making every de decision. And we, we're looking for someone that will be able to take initiative or, you know, feel empowered to, to make those decisions on their own. And so with all of that combined, that's when we decide, you know, to move forward with the position. Can you talk through the software that you use to do that? It's like, what are you using for, you know, this personality assessment? What are you using for background screening? What are you using to kind of coordinate this process, technology speaking? So for the personality assessment, we use Wiley uh, Profiles uh, Personality Assessment. That's what we've been using for quite a few years. The cool thing with that software is that you are able to take current team members and create a ideal profile. And so actually something I did within the last six months where I looked at all of our positions and took our top three candidates and team members that we currently have and combined them together to get that ideal person. And so when we have someone take the personality assessment, they, the, um, they're graded basically against our top performers. And so what we want them to do is to align as closely to those top performers. Um, and then for the background check, we use unique backgrounds. It 
does everything from, you know, background and VRs. They, they set up the drug screening. So it, it gives us everything. It's a one-stop shop where we can get all the, the stuff. It usually takes about a week to get everything back, assuming that the candidate goes and does the drug screening pretty quickly. Um, but gives us everything we need. So, so uh, what, uh, I, I was going to mention one more thing here and then we'll, then I'll let you ask a question, which is kind of funny in the past. You know, I was asked about doing these personality tests and in the beginning I was a, kind of against them. I'm like, that's just a bunch of psychological mumbo jumbo. And then Jesse took one of those and he gave me the results and I started laughing and I was like, yep, we're going to do it because it literally like I could see it had pulled out who he was. Um, and so what I like about it is that you can see this is what this person is going to look like in six months. This is what they're going to look like in a year, because let's face it, everyone brings their best self to the interview. I mean, they really do. Most most people do not all. But so anyway, just just another plug there. If you're not doing um, personality testing, I'm not saying you have to do it. I am the, saying the, the question that I have is um, we, you know, we do a bunch of M&A and we work with some of the really large companies and a couple of them have said that they stopped doing it for legal reasons uh, because using it as a tool not to do it. Have you heard of any case law or anything? Have you looked into that at all? I have not, but I have heard that you cannot use that as your sole reason to hire or not hire someone. Um, you can use it to kind of back maybe something you were already picking up on through an interview. And so the reason to not hire them was because of what happened in the interview. That personality assessment is kind of almost showing that that's, that information was true, but that can't be the sole reason why you don't hire someone because they failed, if you will, <laughs> the personality assessment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and by failing, it's like this person is not going to be a good fit. And and I would say, you know, who goes through one of these processes and, and 100 percent on everything? Right. We're all people. It's a data point. Right. And it paints a picture and it's just like, well, can I live with that picture or not? But well, it's not um, a pass fail. It's where do you fit in? Are you? Yeah. 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 What's your personality? Tell tell yeah. you about this person that, uh, you know, are they a technician? Are they a salesperson? Are they an office person? Or, you know, are they a college professor? Yeah. It may not be a bad idea that on the show notes, we'll link in some of these tools as well so that folks can see. I mean, I, by the way, we're not we're not getting any sponsored dollars. I don't advocate these. This is what we use. I'm sure there's others out there that work just as well. I don't want to I want to be clear that we're not. <laughs> plugging the product or anything. It's just, it's just what we use. I figured it'd be helpful for other folks. And so Dan, you want to switch on to hiring and onboarding. So we've talked about attraction. We've talked about screening Now let's switch gears and start talking about actually hiring someone and onboarding them. So how do you actually extend the offers? And, um, you know, do you ever get people to reject you as opposed to you rejecting them? How does that work? <laughs> so, we usually, as soon as we finish the last interview, we as a, a team talk about, you know, do, is this someone that we want to move forward with? I typically try to make the offer that day. If we decide we want to move forward with them, especially in this market, you don't want to wait because the longer you take, someone else is, you know, scooping that person up, especially if they're a really strong candidate. So 
day of, I give them a call sometimes an hour or two after that interview and present them with the offer. And then I email them a copy of the offer letter and I, I put together a highlights sheet of all of our benefits that, you know, stuff that we talk about during the phone interview, but that person's so nervous. They have a lot of other things going through their head. They probably didn't hear anything I said about our benefits. So I just want to reinforce, not only is it a great place to work as far as the position and the pay, but also look at all these other benefits that you're getting by coming to work at Triangle. And so I send that to them as well. As far as rejections, we, <laughs> I used to feel like we pretty much if we made an offer, they were going to come work for us. But the last six months have proved us that <laughs> they, they, this market is crazy. And, you know, they'll tell us we want X amount, you know, pay wise, we'll honor it. And then they're telling us, well, I accepted another offer for higher pay. And you're like, but I'm giving you what you asked for. You know, so we've we've definitely is it always higher pay or are there other reasons? There's other reasons too. Um, sometimes they find a, a position in the industry they wanted to be in, or maybe their company heard that they were trying to leave. And so they offered them higher pay to stay or, you know, reasons to stay. But but um, but just definitely have seen over the last six months, a lot more um, people declining the offers. And I think it's just because the market's so hot. They're sitting, you know, probably Sunday night on Indeed, they apply to five positions and by Friday they have five offers. And so they have different areas that they can, can, can go. Whereas maybe two years ago, they would apply to five companies on Indeed and only hear back from one. And that was the one that they accepted the position with. And I just want to highlight one thing that Sarah said for our listeners, because I think this is a critical point, and that is with the offer letter, there is, I mean, in the sales world, this is your value proposition, right? It shows a summary of <clears throat> all the benefits so that it brings context, right? It makes your offer very competitive. I mean, not only we're we talking about the money, you know, look at everything else that you gain uh, in accepting the offer. And so it's just further, you know, making the case that this is a great place for them to come work. And I think that's really important, you know, when you do it, it you know, give the offer because, you know, it's not done until it's done. So very, very, very good point. Um, what about once they're hired? So they accept the offer, you know, that we, we, we've gone through all this process. What do you do to onboard these folks? Like, how does that work? So day one, they come in and I'm sure everywhere you have that boring paperwork and signing that everyone has to go through. So that's never the fun part. So we try to add some extra stuff that day to make it more exciting for being their first day. Right now, it's a little hard. It used to be someone would come in and we'd take them to all the departments and introduce them to people. And right now, with kind of staggered schedules and people coming in just due to COVID, they haven't really had the opportunity to meet everyone like they would on the first day in the past. But we have a goodie bag put together for them that includes, you know, T-shirts, the bag with our logo, stickers, uh, cups, um, pins, like you name it. It's something branded just so they have, you know, something to show like, hey, this is the company I'm now a part of. Um, after um, we get through all their paperwork, we do an orientation. Usually is about an hour, hour and a half presentation where we go through, you know, how this company started you know, where it's going, how they fit into the company, what to expect, what we expect from them. And then again, we go through the benefits. We still at that point are still showing them all the benefits that they get for coming to work at Triangle. And then lastly, that day we take them to lunch. You know, let's go out to lunch. Let's get to know you, um, you know, 
during the interview it was a lot of just you know professional question and answers so let's go out and just you know get to know this person and show them that we are really appreciative that they join our team who's at that lunch Typically the hiring manager, uh, someone from human resources, uh, I'll say a couple weeks ago when we were there taking a team member out to lunch, there was about four managers that were around. So it ended up being about 10 of us that went to lunch. <laughs> so just kind of is whoever's around, um, but usually it's the hiring manager and someone from HR that'll go. Sounds like there's other motives there. But, uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's fantastic. Um, you know, we are, going close to our time and I'm, I'm curious if maybe we should just, you know, cause we, we have not talked about retention and we've not talked about culture and, you know, you know, once you get someone in the door, that's the, I don't want to say that's the easy part, but you know, there's this other equally more difficult part of, of retaining the right folks and making sure that you get them in an environment where they thrive. Um, and so, you know, I don't know. What are you thinking, Dan? Should we do another podcast on that? Because that's such a big topic, retention Definitely and culture. Can. I mean, so yeah. we want to talk about retention and culture. And yeah. uh, I think that what, if you look at the analytics of our uh, of our podcast, we, we tend to lose people, you know, after 40 minutes or so. So yeah. uh, I think it's really important. So maybe we can do that um, and uh, we can do it in pretty short order. Yeah, I think that's what we'll do. So, so Sarah, by the way, fantastic. This has been yeah, this really. has been great. Thank you for for coming on. Any parting thoughts in terms of attraction, screening, hiring, onboarding? Kind of some lessons learned, or anything that you could just anything you think of that we didn't necessarily cover. And again, we're going to bring you back on. I'm, I know that. By the way, if you could see her, she's just so excited. Um, no, she's she's great. But we're going to bring you back on, and we're going to. You, you got to remember when you work with Donnie, you're recording very early in the morning. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we're going to bring you back on and we are going to talk about retention and we're going to talk about culture because I think those are absolutely essential when it comes to, you know, we talk about people. It's like once you get them there, how do you keep them? But but in terms of attracting, screening and hiring, anything else you can think of that we didn't cover or anything else you want to add before we close up? Yeah, and I think it's probably a great segue into the retention piece, but just be patient. You know, don't hire someone to hire them. It, it will, if you wait for the right person, it will pay off in the long run because they are going to stay. You're not going to have to constantly be handholding and, and monitoring them. So if you're, if you're just patient and, and have that process in place, know what you're looking for with your ideal team members, you'll find the right people. And then it, like I said, it's easier to keep them. It's cheaper to keep them. So, you know, just be patient. I think it's kind of interesting that you're separated from ownership board. And, and you say that because a lot of entrepreneurs, they have work to get done and they're just going to hire. You know, if I got 10 spots and only eight people show up, I'm hiring all eight of them. You got to be really, really careful and resist that. So. Yeah. No. And, and trust me, I know no one else has ever done this, but in my early days, I certainly hired folks knowing that I was going to fire them. I was so desperate for people. And that was my own fault. It was poor leadership, right? I mean, the reality of it is, is that especially in this day and age, you should always be recruiting. You should always be looking. You should always be hiring if you can and realize if you make the investment and you find someone who's really, really great, well, <clears throat> put them on a team. And either upgrade or someone else will leave. But, but you know, the reality of it is, is that we just can't afford to, you know, in the past, it was almost like I would think about the hire way too late. 
you know, when we were desperate. And so just don't paint yourself in a corner that way. So, and with that, Dan, anything to add before we close out here? I think that's it. Awesome. Well, Sarah, again, thank you very much. Fantastic podcast. Thanks for being on. Is, is I have, I mean, again, I always enjoy talking about this topic and, and certainly grateful to have you on the team. Just very a reminder. Timely, very timely topics. No doubt. Just a reminder for you know this discussion, the, some of the things that we talked about, some of the tools, uh, it's all going to be up on pmpindustryinsider.com. Just look under show notes for this podcast. Uh, and as always, if you enjoyed this episode or any of our episodes, you know, Dan and I, we we make a killing here on the podcast, don't we, Dan? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we do it for free. And so we do appreciate any likes, any recommendations. We, you know, our goal here is just to help. So, and with that's that, we're going to finish the, the, that's, the so. that's right. That's our tip jar. So with that, we're going to sign off. Hope everyone has a wonderful day. And again, thank you, Sarah. We'll talk to you real soon. See you now. Thanks so much.